You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 257. Today, I'm speaking with my good friend, Julie Solomon, on the power of surrender. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to a Monday edition of the Mind Your Business Podcast. Even if it's not Monday for you, that's okay. I'm not even recording this intro on Monday. So whatever day of the week it is for you, it's the perfect day. And I have a very special episode in store for you. They're all special, which means they're all different, unique, and will provide value. The value that you need. And today is special because I'm bringing on a really good friend of mine who I've gotten to know recently, had the privilege of getting to know, and that's Julie Solomon. She is the host of the Influencer Podcast, which is basically a podcast that like everyone's heard of and has get like a gajillion downloads and, and reviews and all the good things. And needless to say that if you haven't met Julie yet, she's a rock star, she's extraordinary, and you're going to really see her rock star-ness in action in this episode. We're gonna talk about a lot. She's had a catapulting rise of success in the past few years, meteoric dare I say, out of this world, Um, but but in all seriousness, explosive growth. I'm using all the visual language here today. She's grown rapidly in a very short amount of time. And these are always entrepreneurs that I'm always really fascinated and, and excited by and curious by. And so we dive a lot into what attributes to Julie's growth over just the past couple of years, like only two or three years of where she just hockey sticked and where she's at now and what needs to change moving forward. And I think this is a beautiful episode because I get this a lot, I see this a lot. And a lot of people just starting their business, a lot of people following, looking for the people, the the mentors and influencers that they can follow, model and look up to and learn from, which you should all be learning from people that you wanna be like. They tend to think that that person that they follow has it all figured out. You know, I like to joke and say, Walt Disney lie to all of us. Life never becomes happily ever after. <laughs> there, isn't, there isn't a happily ever after until we die. But life is always a set of new unfolding challenges and problems, or as I like to say, new opportunities, new areas for growth. And that's why we say over and over again, what got you here won't get you there. And so this is a beautiful conversation. It's just like my favorite type of podcast that we do here. And I hope it's your favorite too. It's okay if it's not. Where it's just like conversations with people crushing it. And I think we all need to commend and acknowledge Julie for somebody who has a big platform, a big audience, a name, a reputation, and the courage that she demonstrated in this episode to be real, authentic, vulnerable, and transparent with you. I hope that you're not just listening to what she's teaching and sharing and the insight and and information, but that you can also learn from her behavior. Because how often are we afraid to share what's not working for us or where we're not perfect and polished in the world's eyes and how much effort and energy we expend 
trying to convince people otherwise, trying to put on that mask. And I was talking about this actually uh, with Tiffany, uh, Lee Bymaster was on the episode recently. I was like, you know, you look at who people follow and you look who they don't follow. Most people don't look up to and follow newscasters. <laughs> you know, some people do, and there are some, absolutely. But most people we don't go, you know who's a role model of mine? You know who I would just like geek out to me is my local weatherman, right? Tom broke out. Um, <laughs> we don't. And if you watch and observe the behavior of a newscaster, they have to have this discernment, this ability to be very neutral in their tonality, in their, in their delivery, to be able to report on something negative and something very positive and like switch between the two. Today, there was tragedy that struck and a kitten was found in a tree, <laughs> you know? So there's a lot of their humanness most of the time, and you can disagree with this, but this is my observations. Their humanness is snuffed out of it. And so what you're left with is this perfect polished teleprompter robot in a lot of ways. And I think that needs to be in that context. I think that's very important. I'm not saying that there's something wrong or bad about it, but just let's look at the facts. Most of us don't follow and get inspired by and hang out and want to meet in person and get starstruck and want to emulate or rather connect with, at a deeper level, a newscaster. And that's my argument is, of course, is because they're not showing their vulnerability, their human side. And so the people we do connect are the ones that take off that mask and show us what they're afraid of, their deepest, darkest fears, their shortcomings, their mistakes, their failures, their setbacks and their letdowns. That's what we connect with. You know that. You know that. But then here, you are, like the rest of us, it's okay. I'm not trying to shame anybody, but here you are afraid to take that mask off and share that with your audience. But that's what they're craving. That's what they need. That's what they're looking for. That's how they will connect with you. And that's the huge, ironic, paradoxical situation that we're in, is that we're afraid that if we take that mask off, that people will reject us, people will shun us, or ignore us, or leave us. But the fact is, doing that is what connects us the most. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? So don't take my word for it. Take Julie's behavior. Take Julie's actions. You'll see, and I just, I really acknowledge her for that, and I hope you guys acknowledge her for that, because she's amazing. So why don't I get into that in a second? I want to give you some quick updates. I love giving you updates. It's been a busy week over here at Team Wedmore HQ, our new office. If you've been following us in our pop-up Facebook group, the Membership Masterclass, we've been talking everything memberships this week because I learned from my buddy, Mr. Stu McLaren, how to build a half a million dollar plus a year membership on a $49 a month membership. It was amazing. And I'm clear on one thing, running a membership, growing a membership is very counterintuitive. It was very different than learning courses, how to sell courses and group coaching programs. So I learned a ton from him. And we've been sharing free content over there. We've been talking about it all over the Instagrams and hopefully you've been joining us over there. But the reason I bring it up right now is because I'm really excited. We decided to add a killer bonus for those who invest and enroll in Tribe. We're doing something really special. This is one of our bonuses and it's the bonus I'm most excited about. And it's a two day event that we are hosting called the Influence Framework Workshop. And the fact of the matter is, is that we tend to see a mistake where a lot of struggling entrepreneurs put their bets on a membership or a course or a funnel as that's the thing that's gonna build my business 
that's the thing that's going to save me and make me money. That might be what you're thinking, right? Well, if I just had a course, if I just had a membership. And the fact is, is we can all look around and find at least one person that has a membership or has a course and it, it's not making them any money. In fact, there's a, the majority of people are that way. So why do we do that? Why do we put all of our marbles into this external thing and saying, this is the thing? It's like we're just giving our power away. And so there's something that we've seen for a very long time that is missing in a lot of struggling entrepreneurs that they tend to often overlook because they're constantly focused on, a, well, if I just had a course or if I changed my price or if I did this funnel or I did this strategy and they keep chasing these external things. And at the end of the day, if we look around at everyone that you do follow, everyone that's successful, every influencer, personal brand authority and multiple six and seven figure entrepreneur, every single one of them to some degree has been able to master the ability to influence and persuade. And by influence, we mean get attention, stand above the noise, because there's a lot of noise out there, and get people to stop, pay attention. These people have been able to convey authority, and they've been able to inspire you to take an action, to do something differently, to think differently. And I just can't imagine how much more of a struggle it would be for an entrepreneur to try and build a business without learning the tools of effective communication, without having a framework for how to use the power of language to inspire change, to inspire action. Because everything we're doing is, a, is about that. If you just look at your business, is it not about getting in front of people and getting them to take certain actions that they weren't gonna take until they meet you? And we do that through language. We do that through the words that we say, the words that we write, the words that we communicate on a video, in an email. And for most people, for some bizarre reason, they don't bother learning it. They write it off, they ignore it, they disregard it. And you can tell when they've done that because their bank account reflects it. So the influence framework is a two day workshop where I'll be sharing with my students the exact framework that we use for communicating effectively and it's powerful. It's powerful because I've been able to train others on it. I've been able to train others like copywriters and members of our team in our business. I've never taught this publicly before. So this is the first time I'm doing it. This is a workshop. This would be a $2,000 ticket on its own and uh, we're super pumped. So I hope that if you're interested in Tribe, you're interested in enrolling in um, Tribe this year or starting a membership, that coming to this event, you'll see the value and that'll be the thing that pulls the trigger for you. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but our team has made a really big shift in the last couple of years of, of doing more events. And we love it. We've, in fact, created an entire event arm in the business. It's, really, it's something we really love because that's where we see so much of the magic happen, so many of the breakthroughs. And you know, you've been to events before. You're just around the right people in the right environment. There's an energy there and changes happen. So speaking of that, we also have a really another really big announcement because it's just been a big week. So we, we decided as a team, we're gonna do this, this event. I'm super excited about it. Even though we already have 17 events on our schedule in 2019, crazy. So that puts us at 18, worth it. But we have another big announcement I get to share with you that I'm really excited is that we just booked and signed the contract for our venue for our biggest event ever, which is BBD Live. It's 500 attendees, it's members only. So if you're a member, a lot of my most hopefully of my business by design members listen to the show every single week so if you didn't know yet know now we have the dates locked in 
and we have a brand spanking new venue. We had to go to a new venue. This is what's called good problems. We outgrew our venue and we had to move. And that took a lot. That took a lot of from our team of looking for the right place or doing a lot of scouting and there's a lot of back and forth with contracts. Oh my goodness, it took about three months, longer than I would have liked, but we finally did it. Oh, such a big win, I'm so excited. So if you're already a member of Business by Design, keep an eye out for your email because we're gonna be sending updates like that. If you're like, uh, I need to be at this event, uh, mark your calendar for July 29th because that's when we release the brand spanking new video series that we've spent all of this year on the rise of the digital CEO. Brand new training. It's going to blow your freaking mind. It's absolutely free. July 29th. That's when we release our BizFlix series, the rise of the digital CEO. Okay, enough about me. Let's get into today's interview. I want to make sure we first and foremost introduce you to my very special guest. Her name is Julie Solomon. She is the host of the Influencer Podcast, fantastic podcast. She's a brand strategist, a digital marketing expert, an influencer marketing educator. And she helps entrepreneurs up-level their influence, purposefully connect and monetize their platform so they can make more money and help more people. She has taken her experience of starting and running her own PR firm and shared that with other influencers like you and I. And she's recently been named as one of the top 100 leaders in influencer marketing. And it's an absolute honor and privilege to have her here on the show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Julie Solomon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. I'm here with my dear friend and special guest, Julie Solomon. Julie, how are you? I am so excited to be here and um, just excited to have this conversation with you. You are someone that I think just you hold such great space for people mm. and you listen. You're such a good listener. So wasn't yeah. always. Let me tell you that. It takes practice. <laughs> it does take practice. And I think it's something that we could all get better at. It's something we could all practice yes. on. I think I could still become a much better listener, but that says speaks volumes that you notice that. So thank you. I really appreciate that. Yes, it is. I think listening is a learned behavior. Yes. Um, yeah. Just like sleep. You can, hear, so. you can hear people talking, but are you really listening? Mm. And are you listening for what's not just being said, but what's not being said? Mm. That's an interesting Another conversation, maybe maybe we talk about that another time, or we could get back into that. But I'm excited to have you here because, look, I'll just tell our listeners what I told you before we pressed record, the behind the scenes combos, was uh, I, you, for some reason, we convinced you in some way, manipulated you to have me on your show. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe you were drunk or something and you somehow decided to say yes and uh, I was on your show. And we had like so much amazing feedback from your listeners. In fact, then we got like a massive like flood of uh, downloads the next week for our podcast. But just people have, I mean, that was, that aired like what, two months ago or something? Yeah, at least. Yeah. And we're still on a weekly basis getting someone who messages us directly saying thank you for the conversation we had. And I also told you before the show, and I want to publicly acknowledge you in front of everybody that... I believe that something special got created there because mostly because of you and what you brought to the conversation, your ability to be a fantastic interviewer and really draw out, you know, whatever I ramble on about for an hour. So 
I was like, you know, there's some, there's like a rapport there. There's awesome stuff that, and you've, you've noticed it with your, when you interview people, sometimes it's just, man, you put two people together and like awesome stuff gets created. So Mm -hmm. I just started thinking, you know, very logically, I'm sure that if we got together again and started talking on our show, we could create some more awesomeness. I like that idea. I'm glad we're here. Yeah. Yeah. So for any of our few listeners that don't already know who you are, let's quickly introduce you. How would you describe what you do, what you're about in a few sentences? Sure. So yeah, I'm an online educator and entrepreneur and teacher. I love to support and serve women mostly by helping them really empower themselves to to step into their brilliance and and to really claim the freedom that they're wanting in life. So I do that specifically through influencer marketing. My background is in PR. I was a publicist for over 10 years before I became a blogger and then really kind of found my community of women in that blogging space of who I wanted to show up and serve with various marketing, business, tactical strategies. Around that same time, this influencer thing that that word became became a thing and uh, started to really take suit and so i kind of started to use some of my very traditional strategies that i think are really timeless that never go away to build upon how to help support and teach predominantly women how to do this thing online how to really connect and build a business and build a service and build a message that they're really super proud of that's awesome I had no idea you were blogging. How long ago was that? Yeah, so I became a blogger in 2013. I had my son and I found myself barefoot and pregnant in LA in this new city, which I had never been to basically. I met my husband, he's an actor. He's been out here for 25 years. So obviously we randomly met in Nashville, long story short, when we knew that we wanted to live a life together somebody had to make the move and it wasn't going to be him because Mm -hmm. LA is the acting Mecca. So I got to uh, pack up my laptop and my dream and move it to Los Angeles. And he was on set filming all the time. And I was waddling around the house, bacon pies and was like, you know, I should probably like meet some people. And so it was really my way of being able to meet friends and, and find a community in this vast city that can get very very big and lonely very fast this is always so so, this is always so fascinating to me julie because i mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times you shit you learn of somebody's like origin story of who's become really successful and like nine times out of ten what the origin was never started as an origin of like i really just wanted to make a lot of money on the internet as quickly Mm -hmm. as i possibly could it was it's always something like this you know i just was inspired to do this thing because i wanted this Mm -hmm. and then it turned into something yeah. I mean, same thing with my PR. I mean, I moved I moved to New York City. I'd never been there. I knew no one had no job, no place to live and moved there from Tennessee. And it was just because I wanted to experience something yeah. that wasn't a small town. I knew that if I would have never left, I would have never left. Yeah. And so it, it and then that kind of catapulted this amazing PR career. And then I kind of started all over with the blogging thing. So yeah, that was 2013 was, was the blog. Yeah. And I think something most notable is how quickly you grew like rapidly like explosion like this is five or six years and like i want to get into some of like what you believe was behind that and also like what now that you've had all this like meteoric success but like to give us more of a timeline when did things really start taking off for you yeah what were some of those milestones 
Yeah. So the blogging started in 2013, but from, you know, for the first few years, it was just kind of like a hodgepodge. You know, I was, I was finding my way. I was, I was confused on what I was doing. I, I didn't really have, I had very, I had very good clarity when it came to strategy. I am super efficient. I'm super resilient. I can learn really, really quickly things. I was also very just self reliant. You know, if I didn't know something, I would Google it or I'd ask someone or, you know, I didn't kind of sit back and wait around for something to happen to me. I, I really went and I would go get it. And that was kind of my motto, but it wasn't necessarily authentic. You know, I was kind of like, okay, well this, this person's doing this. So let me kind of like shape it myself and do it in that way. Or that person's doing that, or let me try this YouTube thing. Cause that seems to be working. And I did, I mean, was the content good? Sure. Was it the best that it could be? Yeah. But that never really took off or saw a lot of momentum because I wasn't truly really, I wasn't being the, the absolute best version of me because I was trying to be like the absolute best version of these other people. Would you also say though, that that was like the training ground, right? That like by 200%, modeling. I mean, that's where I found my customer. Right. And it kind of even like became like a case study of sorts, which was, I, I didn't intend for it to be that, but I was testing all of these different things that didn't work. That didn't work. Okay. That, that part of that worked, but not the whole thing. And then I had my husband and I had one other friend that was like, you know, you should, cause people started kind of asking me, like one of the things that I did do really, really well when I was blogging, it wasn't that I had a ton of followers or anything, but I was able to monetize really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. And a lot because I knew how to pitch myself because I had been a publicist for six years at that point. And so I had, you know, I don't know, 7,000 followers, but I was landing five, six, seven, $10,000 brand deals. And I would have friends that would have a hundred thousand followers and be like, I can't even get someone to like, send me a gifted box of, you know, makeup, right. you know, like how For are free. you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, I know how to talk to people. I know mm. how to ask them questions. I know what it's like to be on that side and to think of things of like a marketing budget and return on investment. And you know, really treat them in their business as something that I care about. And so as those kind of questions kind of kept coming in, I kept trying to still be the lifestyle blogger. And my husband was like, you know, you should really be teaching them this. And I was like, well, who would want to know about strategy? That's boring. <laughs> yeah. Nothing sexy about that. And so I kind of resisted it for a while. And then finally I just tested it. I was like, I'll do one blog post. And I think it was called like the five PR tips every blogger needs to know. And that one blog post had more traffic on it than like all of my fashion blog posts did combined. There's your sign. Like it, that, that was my sign. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm onto something here. And so then I just started kind of hodgepodge, like just learning as much as I could about creating an opt-in and building my newsletter and, you know, making, you know, PD downloadable PDFs, whatever that was to really kind of be a resource. And then from there, I created a program called Pitch It Perfect, which teaches bloggers and influencers how to pitch themselves to land brand deals. And then about you know a year later, the podcast kind of happened. So this was probably 2017 at the point. And then from about 2017 until now, I would say is when everything kind of just exploded. So yeah. two years. Okay. I, so yeah, if we're being more accurate, like the last two years have just yeah. been, that's amazing. Yeah. You released the program in 2017? 
I released it. I kind of did a beta test in fall of 2016 okay, yeah. and then released it a proper, I thought I was doing like a proper launch and then I hired a project manager and she was like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to like teach you what, <laughs> what a proper launch is. Yeah. But again, it's like, that's how you learn, right? I properly launched it with a webinar in January of 2017. And then the podcast came out later that year. I think it was April or May of 2017. And, and it was really the podcast that put me on the map. Right. And were you doing anything intentionally to to market it or was it just people were finding it? Yeah, people were finding it. I launched it in April and my intention of launching the podcast again was just that um, I couldn't do YouTube. I had tried that and just it was not it was just not my zone of genius. I wasn't passionate about editing, lighting, production, all of that stuff that I knew I would have wanted to be passionate about in order for it to be the absolute best that it could be. Podcast was just a lower barrier of entry for me. It was easier to do. I really, I majored in journalism. I loved having conversations with people. I've always been a curious person. I love asking questions. And so it just kind of felt right. And it, and it, it was going to allow me to be able to offer at the time, what I thought would be just kind of another channel of just free resources and support for this community. It was kind of right before podcasts really blew up. I kind of got in there like four to five months before it was just like, you know, everybody and their dog had, had a one. podcast yeah, or two. Right. Yeah. Um, which is great. What was also interesting is that I decided to title it the influencer podcast because at the time I was serving female bloggers and influencers. And I didn't think anything of it. But then a few months later, my friend Lauren Everts, who has a very successful podcast called The Skinny Confidential, we were speaking at an event and she goes, you know, you were really smart to do that. And I said, really smart to do what? And she said, name your podcast, The Influencer Podcast. That word influencer is one of the most searched words on Google, on iTunes. So it's like when people were searching influencer or influence or blogger or, you know, I just, I kept popping up in the yeah. beginning. I didn't even know to think of it that way. Cause right. I didn't know iTunes and the podcast world and the strategies and the metadata and all of that behind any of that, that to me just resonated with my audience and how she would kind of connect and describe herself. So, yeah, well, it's one thing to stumble upon your podcast it's a whole nother thing to come back time and time again and and keep listening so to look at this meteoric rise looking back even just on the last couple of years i know you've already kind of started to describe a little bit about who you are like your ways of being very strategic self-reliant your go-getter you had the skill set of pitching yourself is there anything else that you would say like you really attribute to this growth to, to what yeah, I mean, I, I think thus far of where it's gotten me today, you know, having kind of just this will of I was able to really get clear on, you know, do I want to be the absolute best at this? Yes, 100 percent. So then the next question was, well, then you in order to be the, the absolute best at this, you have to be the absolute best version of yourself. Mm. And so it's kind of been this navigation of like, okay, what, what is that? And what does that mean? And, you know, we all have these attributes or these labels or these characteristics, if you will, that we give ourselves of, well, you know, I'm a really high fact finder and I'm this and I'm that, and I'm going to, you know, turn every corner and dot all my I's and cross all my T's. I also love to stay in my lane. And when I need support, like get the support that I need, whether that's hiring out or what have you. And so I think that to this point, kind of all of those components of being really clear with what my zone of genius was and also being really clear about what was not my zone of genius 
and taking that leap of faith and that leap of trust to invest in myself and invest in my business was a huge thing for me in, in, in kind of getting me this far. I love that first you're driven by like to be the best at, at this, but how you've equated that to that, what that means is to be the best version of, of yourself. I want to reiterate that because I think that's really awesome. I've always, my experience that entrepreneurship is an inside job. It's like, it's personal development <laughs> on steroids every single day. I'm curious mm -hmm. if you've noticed that um, as you move towards being the best version of yourself, has your experience been that it's a moving target? that it's a mountain without a top. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it can feel that way. And like the, even like the weight of those words can feel very like, Ooh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what does the, like, I guess how specifically would you know that you're being the best version of yourself, at least for today in this, in this moment? Yeah. I mean, look like? for me, I think it's really, learning as much as you can about who you are. And to me, I think that that is one of the, the most important relationships that you'll ever have is the one with yourself. Mm. And so really starting to understand and really being present and mindful kind of of those things that, you know, why am I being triggered this way? Why am I being affected this way? Why didn't, and you can take it as whatever it may look like on the surface of like, okay, this idea didn't work or this strategy didn't work, but why is it making me feel this way? Why is it making me react this way? What are the thoughts that are coming up? What does it do to my shoulders? Why is it making me feel cold? You know, whatever those kind of things are that happen, the reactions, physical, emotional, mental, really starting to kind of pay attention to, to that. And I think Growing up, I was always someone that I'm such a doer and a go-getter that that was kind of my drug, if you will, of not having to feel things. You know, some people, you know, they step out of life and then step into drugs or alcohol or sex or, you know, gambling or, you know, whatever work. And for me, it was really just doing. Has anyone ever called you a workaholic in the past? Um, No, but I mean, I think that 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 wouldn't be a necessarily a, that, that's definitely a character defect of mine. Yeah. <laughs> I like to work a lot and yeah. I like to be doing a lot. So I don't have to be feeling a lot. Yeah, I, I've totally been in the, in the same places. This is why I talk so much about working less because I think it's very easy for us to use work as a, as a, the doing as a drug to distract ourselves. And I think you're absolutely right. Like, it's usually distracting mm -hmm. ourselves from a feeling that we're trying to avoid. Yeah. And you know what I've even learned, and it, I mean, it happens in my personal life as well, because what I've kind of learned through this journey of being an entrepreneur, of being a wife, of, of being an adult human being is that we're all born whole, right? Mind, body, mm -hmm. and spirit. Mm -hmm. But what tends to happen is that at some point in our life or our childhood, something happens to us that makes us not, you know, want to drop out. So for me, you know, at the age of seven, I, I had a lot of loss in my family. I was, I almost died in a car accident. My parents divorced, grandparents were passing away right and left. And so that feeling of loss and abandonment, I didn't want to feel that anymore. So I kind of voted my, my spirit off the island and just decided it's, it's too much to feel that it's too much pain. So I'm just going to live over here in my mind. Hmm. But then for example, what, like say my 
you know, my husband might have done is that, you know, he might have been told that, you know, men aren't supposed to feel and men aren't supposed to cry and men aren't supposed to have emotions. So then he probably voted a little bit of his spirit off the island and maybe a little bit of his mind. So then he started trying to love me with his body, but then I didn't live there. And then I'm trying to love him with my mind, but then he doesn't live there. So then you have two people that can't really fully be whole and can't really fully be human and love one another because, you know, we're still kind of on these islands. And so, you know, that's kind of one personal example, or, or even with like my audience, it's, it's that coming to the table with my minds and my thoughts and my strategies and my tactics are all great, but it's only going to get me to some point. There has to be a point that I really start to shed the armor, if you will, and really start to show up vulnerably and authentically, because that's really where the courage comes in. Yeah. It's to show up as who you are in this moment, even though you can't control or predict the outcome. Yeah. And that can be really hard to like, to take on. As influencers and personal brands, it is a, quite the uh, catch-22, if you will, in the sense that vulnerability, taking off that mask can be like the scariest thing for us. Mm-hmm. And it's so scary because we're what we tend to be afraid of is what others will think, what others will say, and how they'll judge us and how they'll perceive us. Yet, ironically, every single time it becomes the thing that connects us the most. So mm-hmm. it just is, su- to me, it's such like a paradox. It's, there's so much irony there in that we're afraid that when we are vulnerable, we won't connect. There will be a disconnect. There will be separation or loss or some lack or not love there. Mm-hmm. Yet every time you do, that's, that's when the connection is there. And, and yeah, and, th- and I think that even more so, it's because we have in this influencer space, we have what is called curated imperfection it's like this oh i am being vulnerable i am showing up i am being authentic i am sharing my but it's curated and shaped and managed and controlled and it's still hiding behind that mask too it's exactly it's like oh i'm gonna do this so more people will buy from me that is like right the opposite of authentic The, the opposite of that and so you know for kind of this in this present moment, I feel like the last five years, and really my whole life, I mean, I've been able to kind of just mind and grind it and push through it and overcome the challenges and just do what I had to do to get there because I had my mind and I had my resilience and I had my endurance. But now really where I'm really kind of coming to is that I kind of feel like I've gotten myself as far as I can take myself. Mm. And it's now my job to surrender and trust that the universe, God, whatever you call it, Mm -hmm. is now going to come in and say, okay, I've got it from here. And actually, if you keep trying to do it, it's actually not going to work anymore. (sighs) This is so great. I have to know, how do you know that you've, what, what indicators, what circumstances, what has presented in your life that has gotten you to really face this milestone where you're saying this is as far as I can take myself? I started driving myself completely insane with this need to control mm. and to this this strive for perfectionism and just this constant like manipulation that I didn't even realize was manipulative of like and I can't you know I kind of think about about it in a way that I think I have really good ideas about how other people should think feel and behave 
and if they would just listen to me, <laughs> their whole life would change. Yeah. Like they would be the most, yeah, they know. would be the absolute best versions of themselves, right? But that's not how the world works. Right. And when I became a mom and I started to grow this community of women and, and, and men as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm a wife that it's kind of like now, like my husband knows all the things, like he knows when I'm like, you know, trying to shape and control and manipulate to kind of get whatever it is that I want or that I think should be done because I am so afraid to surrender to a power that is greater than me. Right. And that's interesting too, because I mean, first of all, even, people manipulate can be a very loaded word because Mm -hmm. manipulate the the definition of manipulate is to work with your hands to work something with your hands is the first definition Mm -hmm. so people go into their own interpretation of it anyways but we're all at some level manipulating we're doing actions to get what we want to Mm -hmm. add an interpretation of manipulation is good or bad is a is a completely added on interpretation which is fine but you know even you could say a young child when they i mean like i look at my three-year-old nephew that kid looks up at me and he goes can I have another candy, James? I'm like, you little manipulative SOB. <laughs> I'm right. on to you. He already knows right. that if he plays cute, he's going to get what he wants. And so right. this, I mean, I just think it's, uh, it's, it's fast. Well, first of all, it's like, I commend you for being able to see that because most of mm-hmm. us don't want to admit that. But it also points out something really fascinating because you're doing that because of that need for a sense of control or that fear if you don't have it with you having a desire and expectation or a want for other people to think the way you do and act the way you do the reason they're not is because they have their fears too exactly like anyone who's doing what they're doing even if we're like why are they doing that it's usually just because they're doing the best they know how to do exactly if they knew any other way they would yeah and it really does come from like this pure place of like i just know i really feel in my heart uh, heart of hearts that like i have this really good idea and if you would just listen to me if you would just do what i said if you would just let me lead the way i promise (laughs) you everything's gonna work out but then what you end up doing is you're doing a disservice to that person because you're stealing from them the one thing that they need the most, which is their own guidance path. Yes. And that's finding beautiful. That. Yes. We, we train a group of coaches for one of our programs. And one of the first things I told them, and it was a really hard thing for them to, some of them to swallow. As I said, you're a coach. You're not here to give advice. Or save. Or, or save. Yeah, yeah. It, you're or, there to or, help or. what a coach's role is. And you're, you're, as an influence, you're, you're coach. I think, I think of it as the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. Is you're here to help people help themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you do not give advice because no one knows what's best for somebody more than that person themselves. And mm-hmm. we never want to rob someone of a lesson. Mm-hmm. And another thing, talk about when you talk about surrendering and going to a, something bigger part of this that we really want to bring in here to consider that helped me because look, I, I had my stories. My, I had my stories growing up because I was really quiet that no one listened. And my dad is super loud, super extroverted that no one listens to me. Mm-hmm. I noticed myself. So like, I don't know guys, I don't know if you're listening, <laughs> you know, and something that has helped is just the concept and idea of divine timing mm-hmm. in that. Like, it's like if you went to a movie And a movie's great because it follows that arc, right? You know, the hero's journey. And there's a part where the hero has that pivotal moment where they need to learn their lesson. And 
what if we just came in in the first act and be like, look, look, look I'm just going to tell you what you need to do right now. And it's like, yeah, you could do wah, that. Wah. You could yeah. totally do that. But we'd have a really crappy movie. Right. Really and awful. I don't think that people, it's as valuable for someone if they don't learn it for themselves mm-hmm. or discover it for themselves. It's like when a parent's always doing their kid's homework for them. It's like, you're, you might think you're helping them, but are you really? But are you really? Yeah. Yeah. But I know where it's cut, I mean, from for you to do that. That's really, yeah. that's really great. I also so feel, learning, oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, learning that I'm in charge of just the container. Yeah. Which is also very freeing, but you know, it, it does. It comes from that place of like, it's my way, the control, or it's, it's my way of protecting myself. Cause that's kind of what I did when I was a child. I'll just control and shape and manage mm-hmm. things. And I don't want anyone to feel pain. But then learning that it's like grief is holy, just as joy is holy. Right. And so it's like, you can't really have one without the other, yeah. but even surrendering to that, cause st- just still like that, just like the loss and the burden and the heaviness of the world and the haves and the have nots, like it's just, it can be very anxiety ridden mm-hmm. and just learning that process of, you know, I'm safe, surrender, I'm safe, right. surrender, I'm safe. Right. And then that's when you start to realize that when you're operating from that place, that's the gift you get to give all of your Mm -hmm. listeners. Like we can't give what we don't have ourselves. Right. And that's the authentic place. That's the brilliance. That's, you know, that's the heart focused place. Yeah. I want to go back a little bit because you talked about like how a lot of it is for you has been a process of learning who you truly are. I was going to ask like, so who are you truly? But you then talked about how like, a, and I just love this whole idea of like, when you're a little kid, you're like this whole perfect person. And some way along the line, you, you lose that. To me, I interpret that as like, so what the goal is, is for us to just go back, like restore who we were mm-hmm. as a child. Yeah, it's, it's being childlike without being childish. Oh, I love that. Yes. You know, it's something I really focus on. I really do. Like one of our core values in our companies has fun. Mm-hmm. and fun and play every day is like that's why talk about surfing to the point that like my audience who lives not on the coast is like shut up about it already mm-hmm. because that childlike play for me is is so important because mm-hmm. otherwise you're right you get into that that type of burden that you're describing like that you're just gonna oh great julie you're just gonna put the whole weight of the world on your shoulders okay thanks for doing that for yeah. us yeah. You know. And it's, you know, I used to give myself, I used to beat myself up for leaving the house to go like have lunch, you know, cause I thought I had to stay in, you know, my cave and, and work and work and work. And now what I even notice is just the more that I do that, the more that I go meet a friend for lunch, the more that I just take myself out yeah. on a date for lunch and yeah. just get out of the house and experience life, you know, breathe it, smell it, taste it, whatever it is. You're f- way farther along, way more present way more able to show up and serve and in a way that's actually going to be of service to someone completely um, than you are just by trying to you know carry the load and it's kind of like that saying like let go or be dragged <laughs> yeah and so that's you know that's kind of been a big motto of mine this year that it's just you just got to let go a lot of times yeah. which can be very terrifying when you know depending on we all come from from different upbringings and and whatnot but you know it can be terrifying when you weren't that wasn't really an option growing up or if it was like that's that's the end all be all and there's there's just so much scarcity and lack and pessimism and negativity and addiction and you know whatever else that it is that our 
families can bring in that, that we as children, we perceive them as godlike, right? right? Our parents. But they're just basically adult children trying to just navigate their own Figuring stuff. Figuring out their stuff, totally. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a process. And it's one that um, it's been really amazing and terrifying at the same time. What is something you feel like you've done a really good job of letting go of this year? You know, I, I think that control piece has and, been a big one. And, and control, controlling of what? Because I feel like it, that's so contextual. Yeah, just controlling, controlling the outcome. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's, we kind of have three little tiers that we tend to stay in, right? There's like the, you know, there's like the tools, you know, it's like, we need our tools. We got to collect all of the stuff that we need in order to like be safe and live life and grow our business and what have you. And then there's like the action, right? The things that you actually have to do to, Mm -hmm. to see the result. And then there's like the results and the outcomes. Well, I used to tend to like always hang out in the results and the outcomes, and I would also hang out in the actions and the tools as well, but I spent way much time like just festering in the results and the outcomes when really it was finally like, like let's say that your business or your life is a boat, right? Your job is just to row the damn boat. Mm. Like it's not about worrying like, is it gonna rain? What's the size of the boat? Do I have enough supplies in the boat? No, just row the boat. Yeah. What time am I getting there? What day am I? No, just row the boat. So I've been trying to remind myself that I have everything that I need today to safely and successfully row this boat. All I have to worry about is just rowing the boat. Yeah. Let's, so, I really like that analogy. Let's see if we can expand on it. What is your compass in, this, in the boat? Yeah. I mean, I feel like to me, the long game is, is, is just true peace and joy would be my long game compass. Mm -hmm. But I think that compasses can change. And I think that's also where I kind of am right now in my life, in my business. I see a lot of change happening now and on the horizon. Mm. And so it was kind of like for years, it was like I had the vision, right? And the mindset and the compass. And I knew exactly where I was going and the did, 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 did. And then you did it. And I did it. Yeah. And now what? How does it, I want to even go deeper there because mm -hmm. I've experienced a lot of those, those moments. Mm-hmm. When it all came in and you got everything that you visualized and you worked towards and you did all the stuff on, what is that like? What was that like for you? What were you saying to yourself? And how does that feel like all the things? Yeah. I mean, the first thing was probably it's not enough because that is my core like defect of like, I'm not enough. I'll never be enough. You know, I'm just going to be left alone under a bridge somewhere, cold and homeless, and no one's going to care. And, you know, it's just it's like, crazy that's where, like where crazy, we go. That's yeah. like in, insane. Like it's, and that's why I kept saying early, like it, it is chaos insanity to think that way. But if I got down to like, what is that core fear sentence? And, and I've actually written, I spent like 10 minutes one day, like trying to find like, what is my core sentence? Like my fear-based sentence. And that's what I was left with is like, I am afraid that I am going to be left alone, starving, cold with nothing. And no one's going to care. Wow. Wow. It's like, I don't even know where that came from. Like, I don't even, you know, it's like, what? And so, and so in, in, just to check in with that, in other words, a lot of what was driving the goals or the, you know, the go-getterness you'd say was to avoid that fear, avoid of that course. reality. Let's just fill the tank up. So, you know, that's, that doesn't have to and be then, there. And then you get those results. Get those results. And I'm sure you had to have, there was a moment where that fear was still there, even with the results. 
Oh, for sure. Because yeah. it was never enough. Because if that's the result, like it's never going to be enough. Yeah. Like that's no result will dissolve that fear. Exactly. Yeah. So. So then you have you have to do the work. <laughs> I want to do the do work. Do the work. Can I just pay someone to do the work for? Me? Yeah. It's like I don't want to. Do you have a pill that I can take instead? I right. really don't want to do the work. But the work is great. I mean, that's where that's where the beauty of it is, and really getting honest with yourself. And so. Then I had to ask my questions like, okay, let's just say this is true. If you aren't enough, if you're left under a bridge, cold, starved, no one cares. It's like you never even existed. Then what? Mm. Then what? And it's like, oh, okay. Then what? Like <laughs> the world doesn't come to an end, right? you know, not good or bad. Yeah. You know, it's like. The world doesn't come to end, but yet, you know, no, like just nothing changes. So to me, then that just becomes an illusion. Mm -hmm. It's completely obsolete. Mm. So then if you can then say, okay, I see you, but that's not mine. Yep. So then what is, and then you can kind mm -hmm. of start to pull the pieces back together. And I hope this is making sense. I know I sound like a crazy person. Uh, the crazier, the better on this show. <laughs> so you, you probably don't sound that crazy to our listeners. Mm -hmm. So, Something that, uh, talking about surrendering, because I think in my experience time and time again, and I'm curious if this has already started to be your experience, it's, it's when we have finally, however we did that work, let go of those fears. Like we think that if we hold on, like if we think if we fixate on this fear, it'll somehow prevent it, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? But mm -hmm. what's also crazy is this like paradox is that like when you finally release those fears, when they're fully like absent from your mm -hmm. cells of your body mm -hmm. like that's when you fly that's yes. when you grow the most mm -hmm. and because who would you be without that like if mm -hmm. that was an illusion yeah okay like i get julie that that's your biggest fear but let's say that that's not real mm -hmm. so then who who do you get to be when that's not real yeah yeah it's like oh well i can feel my shoulders softening you know i i could probably be more present I could probably find more joy in the day. I could probably laugh more. I could probably be more proud of myself. I could probably not be so hard on myself. Yeah. I could probably breathe a little bit deeper. Yeah. Start making some better decisions about. Yeah. So if this fear is an illusion and we're trying to do all these things to control our world so that doesn't happen, what you're also saying is that all control is completely an illusion mm -hmm. because those things yeah. could happen, like things could happen right. and they're gonna happen mm -hmm. no matter what we do. Right. For me, I did a whole episode on this talking about how I overcame my fear of flying because mm -hmm. I just had this like beautiful moment on the plane where I was freaking out as there was turbulence and I said, me freaking out isn't gonna change the destiny. It's not gonna, the, the, it's not gonna change the natural course of events or... My, my feet is sealed right now. There's nothing right. I can do. So uh, right. you can either white knuckle it or we can just lift our arms up and you know woohoo mm -hmm. and holler, right? Because mm -hmm. to me, I think that fully getting out of a result or outcome is fully letting go of control, fully surrendering to the process, to the moment, to the presence. Yeah. Do you have a specific example, like when you feel like you've done that recently, maybe it worked out well or didn't either one. Yeah. You know, and it's so funny. I've been, I bring up my husband a lot because he's my, obviously my partner in so many ways. Jonathan is, you know, he's an actor. He's, he'll be 50 this year, but he's not, 
you know, he's not in this world, you know, he's like, what Instagram, like, huh, what's, <laughs> what happened to my space, you know, right, right. but there'll be times that he's like, you know, I, you know, he's trying to do something and I'll kind of catch myself just wanting to like, oh, I'll just do it. Oh, I'll fix it. Or I'll here, let me, and I'll like grab his phone. And this is kind of just a very minor example. But what I've learned is that I just, I don't do anything, do nothing, which can be, I actually had somebody tell me that once, just do nothing. And it, it was like the most exhausting thing that I had ever heard. Wow. Like do nothing. Yeah. So exhausting. But I just, I didn't, I didn't react. I didn't respond. Like it had nothing to do with me. Like, why am I inserting myself into something? And then he figured it out. Mm -hmm. And like, he found this solution that worked for him. It might've not been exactly how I would have done it, but like, who cares? It got done. I love this and I love that example. I mean, how many times do we notice ourselves thinking we just need to jump in and take charge all the time? Yes, and especially with children. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a five-year-old, mm -hmm. so it's like, and there, there is a fine line between like, well, we gotta make sure that he's safe, <laughs> you totally. know? Yeah. But then, there's so much to learn from him. Mm. It's like by me jumping in, giving him the answers, doing something for him, I'm even missing a really amazing learning opportunity. What's he bringing to the table? Right. He's, got a, he's got a lot of knowledge and wisdom, five whole years of it, well, you know, would, would love to know what's going on there. Because he's also at that place where he's still whole. Exactly. Mind, body, and spirit. Exactly. I mean, what a gift. My biggest lessons right now are learning from my, my three-year-old nephew. Mm -hmm. Like just remembering how to be present again. Mm -hmm. Which is the hardest thing. Oh, children. their it's relationship like, with time. We should be paying attention to their relationship with time because uh -huh. they, they always have more than enough time mm -hmm. and it's always now mm -hmm. let's do this now. And they'll, they'll do one thing for hours and then they'll do something for five minutes. That was like the longest five minutes ever. And it was the mm -hmm. most enjoyable experience. And so for me, it's just always fascinating to, to observe, you know, so you said today, now, you feel like there's a lot of change that's been happening, a lot of change that's coming. So how is your relationship with this change? How does it feel? Um, it, one day at a time. You know, yeah. there's some days that I'm really excited about it and I feel confident and I feel safe and secure in it. And there's other days that I'm just completely, because I have no control. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just, I'm terrified and I'm at a loss. and. But then those moments pass. So I think that I've just really been trying to also for me, since I voted my emotions and my spirit off the island when I was seven, I'm also learning how to feel my feelings as like silly as that sound. I, Julie feels her feelings now, <laughs> but really allowing myself to have those moments of like, oh, okay, so this is what it feels like to be terrified. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then just not judging it, not trying to change it, not trying yes. to even control that, you know, just letting it be and, and letting it pass, you know, taking a walk outside, getting connected with nature always brings me back into the present. You know, even if I can just walk around my grass on bare feet, will just kind of root me and get me more centered. And so allowing myself to be more connected to, to that will kind of help me focus in more. But I think it's a daily practice of just really, to me, I, I also am a firm believer in like, if not this, something better. Mm, I love that. And so yeah. just remembering that and kind of remembering that, you know, how you react to the change is, is really what you make it. The change is inevitable. The change is, ha that's the only constant, right? Yeah. So how can this serve you in this moment? Mm. Um, as my husband would always say, cause he's an actor, you know, where were you on and where were you off? And so that's kind of how he looks at, you know, any kind of moment. Well, where are you on and where are you off with it? 
That's awesome. Um, yeah. So what, just to get more context, what are some of these changes specifically for you? Is this a change in the, in the vision? For sure. I mean, we're actually, I mean, we're having like, we're moving. So that there's like property physical change of your house. physical. Okay. Yeah. So physical property change, mm-hmm. which is huge. My son's leaving preschool, going into kindergarten. So there's a, there's a, just a change in like what his next chapter is going to be. My are, husband's turning 50. Are you someone in the past that didn't, that didn't really like change? Not at all. I loved trying new things okay. and I, you know, I always loved an adventure and I, you know, so change, I've, I've always been someone that's really embraced it. I think that just, I have more responsibility on my plate now. When I was 20, it's like, I didn't have a business and I had no right. responsibility and I didn't have any mouths to feed. Like who cares, yeah. you know? Yeah. But now it's like, yeah, I mean, I have people that, that, depend on this company and, and, you know, I have a family. And so I think just, just the weight of that, but also can change the vision. Like you were saying, mm. cause it's like, well, what do I want this company to look like? Right. Do I want it to be lean and mean? Do I want to grow, you know, or do I want 35 mouths to feed? You know, it's like, what do I really want from this? Yeah. That is also going to give, and, and that's kind of the biggest question. I mean, it's like, what do I want? Like, what do I want? See, these are, I think these are some of the most simple and the best questions that we should be asking at all times. Cause I really, I truly believe our desire is, is our guidance system. Like when you're mm-hmm. listening to what, like you're really yearning for at the deepest level. So we should be con- and it, and it changes, like you said, it constantly mm-hmm. changes. And I'm curious, cause I think these are the questions we should be always be asking. Do you tell yourself, I don't know. Do you find yourself like, I have no idea. And if, if you do, like, where do you go from, yeah. From there. This is the first time in my life that I have asked that question and been like, holy crap, I don't know. Yeah. <gasps> right. I don't know, you know, because I know, I know because I, I, I know. I have the and I know everything. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's, that's who I am. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've had those moments that it's like, I don't know. So what, and usually the gut thing that comes after that is meditate. <laughs> right, right, right. It's yeah. like, I don't know. Julie, meditate. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know where that just came from, but it's like, whenever I start to feel that, I'll say, I don't know. And I was even telling my husband a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I feel like I need to do some kind of like visualization thing. And he was like, that's so weird that you just said that because I was just throwing the sock and the dirty hamper. And then that literally came into my mind too. Wow. I was like, oh, weird. And you pay attention so, to those things, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. So stillness for me since i have such a hard time or in the past i've had such a hard time being still Mm -hmm. is a big one meditating is a big one and then also remembering that like really at the end of the day like i do know what i want you know i want peace i want freedom i want to be able to work from anywhere which i've already attained i want to be able to you know go to my kids school and like eat lunch with them and be a room mom if that's what i want to do next year i want to be able to travel i want beautiful you know a beautiful surrounding to match like the beauty that i feel in my heart like i i know what i want Mm -hmm. just sometimes it's like it if I don't have the strategies or the tools or the tips or the tacticals, then I start to get worried. Yes. I see. I think when people say, I don't know what I want, what they're either really saying is I'm scared to admit what I want Mm, or I don't know how that will look. Look. Yeah. Therefore I don't like they're blending the how with Mm -hmm. the what. 
Right. But that's the outcome piece again, right? Yeah. yeah. And the results. And then and that's when I just go back to rowing the boat because mm-hmm. I know where I'm going. And I all those things you described are choices you could be that right now. Everything you just said you want isn't something that's out right. there in the future. It's like you can no. choose that piece yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, and I am all those things right now. Right. Already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, then you're right. completely like, detached from the outcome because you are the outcome. Whoa. Right. Yes. Whoa. Which, but again, it's just, it's that how piece that can trip people up, especially if you're someone listening that has, you've kind of began to accomplish or accomplished a lot of those how pieces along the way. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's just kind of like embracing this next chapter and also shedding that idea that these things define who I am, you know, or, yes. well, I, am this or i'm someone who launches two times a year says who yeah because all that comes and goes anyway you know right someday podcasts won't be cool anymore and it'll be 3d hologram (laughs) shows or something that's what that's my prediction one day we'll be Mm -hmm. all listening to you on a hologram you'll be like in my hand (laughs) i can see your face and everything (laughs) so this has been awesome now before we wrap it up i want to and thank you by the way just for sharing so much like about yourself and like being real and open Mm. what advice what thoughts do you have for someone who's you know just kind of getting started on this Mm. journey that you think would be really helpful for them maybe they're getting stuck in the how maybe they're becoming a bit of a perfectionist Mm. working too much working on the wrong things too much yeah what kind of thoughts do you have for them yeah you know a lot of kind of this journey of this new phase of of discovery that i'm finding out it actually it kind of stemmed from I was presented the the opportunity to write a book. And so with that, I had to write a proposal. And so, which it's still kind of this, is this, but the, the first instinct was like, well, you know, I'll write a book for women to kind of help them overcome powerlessness, right? Because that's what I do. But then when I started to kind of pull the layers back and uncover things, what I found out is like, well, we're actually powerless to everything. Mm. So how can you overcome powerlessness when really at the root of it, kind of really just embracing the fact that we are, it doesn't mean we're helpless, but that we really are powerless to the natural course of events, to what's, you know, to what's going to happen. Of course, we can collect our tools. We can take action. There's things that we can do to row the boat, but we are, we, the, the, the first kind of step, if you will, is to really kind of embrace that idea. And so it was really interesting to me that I started out being like, well, I'm going to help people overcome this when really it's, you actually don't want them to, it's, it's actually more embracing it. And then how does that serve you? Right. So I think that that would be my biggest takeaway is just starting to, to embrace and lean into that idea of, of letting go of the control, embracing that idea of not getting so attached to an outcome of just kind of being powerless to that. So you can empower yourself yeah. to take the actions necessary to achieve that vision and turn that vision into fruition for yourself it's quite the like catch 22 or paradox again mm-hmm. if you will like it almost is, sounds like a complete contradiction but it's like mm-hmm. it's it's just interesting how you word it like when you, yeah it's like the yin and the yang it really is like you accept yeah. powerlessness you empower yourself mm-hmm. like you find power in that surrender, surrender to what you don't have power over yeah That's it's really the awesome. surrender yeah Julie, this has been amazing. You're amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. 
where would be the next, I mean, do you want to tell people about your amazing podcast and where else they should sure. get to know you better? Yes. So it's called the Influencer Podcast and you can listen and download wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. So that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera. You can also find me on Instagram at Jules Solomon, J-U-L-S-S-O-L-O-M-O-N. That's where I tend to hang out the most. And then I'm that name on all the other things. And juliesolomon.net is my my headquarters for everything else. Awesome, awesome. We're going to link that up in the show notes for all you guys so you can get there quickly, easily, and swiftly. Julie, I want to thank you again so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. If all the things that Julia shared really made a difference in your life, had an impact, provided value in some way, please do Julie and myself the favor of letting her know. Reach out to her on, on the Instagrams, on the gram, send her a DM or something, let her know. Because I know that would mean the world to her. It would mean the world to me if you did that. And it just lets you guys know that you're listening. I mean, we've surrendered all control to what you're going to do with right. what you just listened to. But we will receive it. Yes, but we will receive any feedback you'd like to share with us. So thank you so much. And thank you guys so much for tuning into another extraordinary episode. We'll see you here next time on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. What is the reoccurring revolution? Well, if you look closely, you'll notice that smart and successful entrepreneurs are all adding reoccurring monthly revenue to their business model so they can create consistency in their cash flow and certainty in their lives. And they're doing this with paid monthly digital membership programs. So let me ask you, did you get into this business so you could stay up late at night and worry about where next month's sales were going to come from? Or did you want to create something that would work even when you didn't? That's what a membership is all about. And my good friend, Mr. Stu McLaren, founder of Tribe, is hosting a free video workshop on how to start, launch, and grow your very own profitable membership so you too can get in on the reoccurring revolution and finally move from a place of constantly selling to consistently serving. So to get started now, head on over to jameswedmore.com forward slash tribe right now.